man. May I have your attention, please? The show starts in ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, Electricity here in Columbia. Well, it's been buzzing loudly all weekend. Passion of the crowd in Williams Price Stadium is second to none. And the raid breaks out in Columbia. It is good! Gamecock fans, welcome home. See how it goes, uh, but we'll be ready to go. It's time to root. Touchdown, Carolina! It's gone! Touchdown! What a hit! He makes it in! Can you believe it? Won this game. You're your hosts, J.C. Sherbert. Oh, watch him celebrate now. Bill Molinax. My wife doesn't like hanging around losers. And Jamie Bradford. I'm going to tell him, you look like you joined the best attitude. All right, greetings and good morning. Welcome aboard and welcome home inside the Gamecocks of the show, live from the Sinorama Studios and built by the Barndo Co. The Barndominiumco.com, where you can build your dream home for as low as $160 per square foot if you are in the Carolinas, Georgia, or Tennessee. Sinorama is the preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics. And their work is right behind me today, as a matter of fact, in my screen, but all over campus in Columbia, whether you are at Founders Park, williams Bryce Stadium, Colonial Life Arena, and pretty much everywhere in between. JC will be here in just a minute. He's just uh, wrapping up a couple of things, and then he'll join both Phil and I in our Monday morning slash afternoon, June 19th version of Inside the Gamecocks for the show. It is Juneteenth, so I know a lot of you are not at work today, and if you are with us while you're at work or if you're with us while you're at home, we certainly do appreciate that. Hope everybody had a wonderful Father's Day. First and foremost, that is what matters. Uh, we had a very, very busy weekend around here and pretty pretty exhausted, to be honest with you. So um feel we should have taken the day off because I feel like I'm about to fall asleep, but I won't do that. John Whittle will join us. I was tempted to hit up the group chat to say the same thing. No, that's all right. That's all right. We power through. That's what we do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, we we just you know you got you got to work, man. And that's that's the name of the yeah. I mean, the name yeah, of the that's... the gig here. So, um, but uh, jo- so John will join us coming up in hour number two. Uh, John, of course, will be all over the. News coming from Gamecock Baseball, Justin Parker is headed for Starkville. Matt Williams is headed to Columbia. I've, uh, I have uh, been in contact with folks about this all weekend long as well. I've got plenty of information to pass along, um, and uh, we'll fuss and discuss throughout the, throughout the morning. We've got some big visits ahead this weekend in Gamecock football. The U.S. Open was a treat. I thought Ricky would crash and burn on Sunday, and he did. So no surprises there, unfortunate for him, and so on and so forth. With all that said, hey, Phil, hope you had a wonderful Father's Day, man. 
I sure did. I sure did. Had a great Father's Day, man. That's all you did. Hope you enjoyed your time out on Seabrook. Caught the picture of the deer and everything. Man, y'all looked like you were having a great time. Yeah, that guy is funny. The deer that are out there, they they know. They're like, yeah, (laughs) you can't touch me. I'm going to stand right here and stare at you with my velvet and all, and there ain't a daggum thing you can do about it. I know, (laughs) You're right. Yeah, they're brazen, right? Yeah, de- yeah. definitely. <laughs> yeah, they uh, they 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 know what um, they know what they can and can't get away with out there. But yeah, no, it was great. We had a we had a wonderful weekend, and my wife and children were great to me, and certainly appreciate that. So, um, yeah, yeah. yeah, happy to happy to spend a ton of time with them over the last couple of days. I hope all of you had a wonderful Father's Day as well. Good to see you in the Nana's Porch chat box. I know Craig tweeted to us yesterday while he was out on the golf course. And, uh, Craig, I hope you shot it better than I did. Um, <laughs> I was on – man, I was I was playing par golf through the first five holes and then six, seven holes. I just couldn't find it. Found it again towards the end. But, uh, yeah, is what it is. Yeah, um, that, that's the thing about golf, though, right? Yeah, you know, it's like, you know, it, it gives you just enough to where you keep wanting to uh, come back for more. Dude, well, I, 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 it, I, I took my on the 18th, um, uh, probably about 250 ish or so down the left side of the fairway, kind of fringe rough off the tee box. And my second shot was, uh, pin high but off the green and and kind of on the back side of this hill and then my third i chipped it and it rolled with to within about six inches of the cup and i walked up and i tapped it in for par on the 18th to walk off and i looked at i looked at my buddies i was like i mean that 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 right there it happens every time the golf guys (laughs) are like we know you're miserable but guess what we're gonna keep you coming back on the 18th don't worry it'll all work out for you we got you. We got Every you. Every single time. Uh, so, um, yeah, it was – yeah, that's how that's how the golf gods get me to come back. And I actually will um, will not be on the air this Friday either. I have been invited to play golf at the Country Club at Charleston Friday, and I you can't turn that down. So I'm no. going to go play on Friday morning, and you and JC are going to have to figure out how to navigate this thing and mix some sports in, if you don't mind. Oh, you know, I mean, we'll 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 toss a little in just to keep it interesting. Yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll pull it up in the golf cart and uh, and call in or something. How about that? Yeah, that's right. Let me get in the chat box and tell us how you know we need to put the train back on the track. Exactly. Uh, JC again, he'll be here in just a minute, guys. He's uh, wrapping up some work. Um, as for the news coming out of uh, Columbia, shot a sixty-seven KFC. Holy Man, smokes! That nice. boy. Well done. That's the way to do Man. it. Meredith, you got it. No doubt. I'll play with you. We got to come to Columbia soon anyways for a couple of things. So we'll set up a tee time and we'll get up there and play. Um, as for Gamecock baseball, so obviously John Whittle all over it. He'll, again, he'll join us coming up here in uh, in hour number two for a little while. He is covering uh, some recruiting and stuff like that today. Uh, so we will get him with all kinds of goodies. But uh, John broke the news this morning this is something that over the last few days has kind of been in the works. And over the weekend, it really started to shift gears. Uh, Justin Parker heading to Mississippi State to be their, to be their pitching coach. Here's what I can tell you. Um, the, the offer he received, it, that, that's a, Philly, it's a, it's a, you can't turn down type offer. And, and I, as a matter of fact, I'm not sure 
South Carolina aside, Gamecocks did, of course, try to keep him. There's no doubt. Um, Coach Kingston, and we'll get to Matt Williams in a second, obviously did have a plan in place. But South Carolina, LSU, you name all the big-time programs in this league, the amount of money that Coach Parker is going to be paid to go work for a limo in Starkville is, is a, it's a life changer. So, you know, hats off to him. It's one of those things where sometimes it doesn't always all work out for everybody. Um, in this instance, when I first caught wind that Matt Williams might be the guy, you, you thought, wow, okay, well, that could be a big deal. Um, Matt and Monty have known each other for years. He's recruited this state for years. He's from here. He's from Lancaster uh, and um, has been in the mix before to be the pitching coach at South Carolina. As a matter of fact, I think John covered a lot of this in his article this morning. So um, with him coming, what you're, you're losing, I think, an elite pitching coach. But what you're also gaining is an elite pitching coach and one who has relationships everywhere in South Carolina. I know – I don't even know how many to explain. Uh, high school baseball coaches, qualified good travel coaches uh, who are just going to be over the moon, are over the moon with this hire. Um, it's, not a, it's not a hire that, that Coach Kingston is bringing in and having to – kind of walk him around and, hey, here's our new pitching coach. Um, I know we've been recruiting you, young man, but this is Matt Williams, and it's not going to be anything like that. He's going to be able to walk into basically any door he wants to walk into, and there is going to be an instant comfort level there. Um, so I'll be anxious to see, uh, you know, how that shifts some recruiting stuff in the future, and um, I think he's going to do excellent with it. And uh, him and Monty together recruiting the state of South Carolina is a huge, huge win. I've already received multiple texts this morning as well, Phil, from uh, some some guys in the baseball world that have uh, known Matt for a long time, whether they know him well personally or just know him professionally, saying this is a killer hire for Gamecock baseball. So, if you look at the track record, South Carolina has always had an outstanding uh, pitching coach. Always. Uh, you go back to Coach Myers, you know, under Coach Tanner. Um, coach Calvi was absolutely outstanding. You know, uh, Jerry ends up coming back to South Carolina, and they win another national championship. The train stays on the tracks. Uh, you end up having to move on from Coach Myers because he's getting, you know, he had some health issues going on at the time. And you, you bring in Skyler Mead, you bring in Justin Parker. These guys are really, really good. And um, and so hopefully the train will stay on the tracks here with, with Matt Williams. And, you know, my personal thoughts on it, I think that they will. Yeah, I think my, my biggest concern heading into this was the recruiting momentum that I believe this past season has built up, you know, just from – the, you know, the win-loss standpoint, uh, you know, even the, the, the way the guys in the clubhouse are talking, you know, about each other and, and, and just the vibe you're catching off the whole program right now yeah. that we're seeing that shift back to Carolina baseball, right? And it's like, so um, when I was reading into Whittle's article and saw Williams from Lancaster and all that, I'm like, well, and I'm glad you kind of cleared it up too. It was like, he already knows the guys around the state, which I think is something that, you know, if King were being honest, it, it, he was kind of, you know, a little behind the curve when he first got here because he just didn't know anybody here. 
yep. <laughs> you know, outside of, you know, a limited few. So that was my biggest concern. And with those, you know, fears alleviated, then, you know, or delayed rather than we should be, should be back. Okay. Yeah, I, I think so. And, and here's the thing, um, you know, we've got a, a Bruin Nation has uh, he's got an interesting comment here, and one that I I have uh, a large agreement with him. Um, he said maybe now they'll finally start recruiting the state better with Monty Williams because it hasn't been pretty in from an from in state high school coaches' mouths the last three or four years. I I think that um, I think there's a lot of truth in that. I, I think that you know one of the things quite frankly, initially in Coach Kingston's tenure at Carolina that that they kind of missed on was having a staff full of guys who already understood this state and was already recruiting this state and, and knew how to recruit this state. It's a very tight-knit state from a baseball standpoint. Everybody knows everybody. Um, and, you know, word travels fast and those type things. And – you know, when when Monty was up at Clemson, it was it was kind of strange because and this isn't my opinion, you know, just so people understand, you know, I'm I've got uh I've got pretty good connections to baseball in South Carolina. Uh you don't so, know anybody. So, what are you talking yeah, about? Well, some people <laughs> might think I'm an idiot, but they're the ones that are <laughs> that they want to believe that. Um when Monty was up at Clemson, it was really strange because Monty you know, being from Lugoff, uh, playing at the college, the coaching at SMC with Coach Wallace, coaching in the Devils program, coaching at Wando when I was coming up, um, coaching at South Carolina. You know, th- there's a uh, – there there he, he established all these unbelievable relationships, but Monty's a Carolina guy. Monty's a Cougar. You know, he'll always be those two things. Um, he went to Clemson. And and it almost took the state kind of by storm, you know. It was like, wait a second, this state for a long time was really groomed, kind of as a gamecock baseball state. And and I've said that some of these little fancy feel good pieces we put out, you know, during the season and stuff like that. This is a gamecock state, and this that, and the other. I don't mean that as a shot at anybody. Um, Tony at the Citadel, unbelievable human being chad holbrook is an unbelievable human being you know i mean there's so many unbelievable people in this state in baseball but this state has always been judged by what the gamecocks do not really what anybody else does unless it's conjunction with carolina baseball and so when he went up there monty could get in any door he wanted problem was a lot of those kids didn't want to play at clemson respected it you know didn't want to play there if Monty was knocking on their doors, the head coach of South Carolina, there's really not a lot of recruiting going on. It's, hey, we, here's an offer. Here's what we can do. Okay, that sounds good. Kind of like what Coach Tanner had built. And so to Bruin Nation's comment there, like, you know, th- they have missed a lot on elite in-state guys. And it's not like guy. It's not like the state has a – I think the state's had some tough years com- comparatively to the past. Um, I think there's been some more – high-end, high-level guys um, in previously. Guys certainly that I grew up with, but obviously plenty of them after that. So I'm not sure that you've had a lot of those dudes come through here, but there has been elite talent in South Carolina. And 
when you see guys sign into like Coach Toman's kid, I mean, he's playing pro ball, but he was going to go to LSU, Phil. Um, you know, you got a guy, a catcher, you know, going to Louisville to play for Mac. You got guys going to Virginia. You got guys going to NC State, East Carolina, North Carolina, and so on and so forth. That ain't a good look. I mean, this is this is little old South Carolina. Like, how are these guys getting out of here? That's impossible. Now, some of them, because of this influx of, you know, migration to the Palmetto State, there's a lot of kids playing baseball in the state that have zero ties to South Carolina and zero ties to Clemson. They've moved here from Atlanta. They've moved here from wherever. They don't care about playing for the Gamecocks or playing for the Tigers. But it doesn't mean that you shouldn't be recruiting the top talent in your state at an elite level. You're an elite program. you got to do it, right? And I and they have missed there. And and his comments, I, I think he's dead on. That has shifted. Um, and and Monty has done an outstanding job with that. And Matt Williams is going to do an outstanding job with that. And to credit Coach Kingston, you know he has done an outstanding job with that recently. But for a while there, yeah, they were certainly um, certainly you know I think a lot more misses than makes, and and that was a problem. But hopefully that problem is going to be eliminated. So all in all, I think we did have a question just a minute ago, too, about um, is this an upgrade or, or, quote, status quo? I wouldn't say anything like status quo. I mean, everybody's going to be a little bit different. It's not a downgrade at all. Matt Williams is going to go somewhere big. He has chosen to stay at Liberty the last couple of years. Uh, Matt Williams was going to be a pitching coach at an elite baseball school. And I think the Gamecocks are going to be very happy to have him uh, moving forward. So uh, with that said, we will step aside quickly. It's 1120 and time for a break. JC will get in when we get back. We'll get his thoughts on this as well. We'll continue to answer your questions in the Nana's porch chat box. We've got football and John Whittle coming up in hour two. Hang tight. Inside the Gamecocks, the show is teed up by the coolest club in the Carolinas, TravelingCountryClub.com. We'll be right back. Family vacations, a new car, a new boat, all cost money, but you don't necessarily have to make more to afford any of that if you can save cash that's flying out the window now. iHelp Consulting can help you finally get the kids to Disney World, upgrade the minivan, or drop that new boat in the water next summer. Let Daniel and iHelp Consulting consult with you. No fees, just savings. You pay them a percentage of those savings. Save on essential services, credit card fees, you name it. Let them find it. These folks are incredible. iHelpConsulting.com. How can I help you? Just as your State Farm agent combines good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates, you can combine your home, auto, life, or small business insurance with Tony Pope State Farm Insurance today. And guess what you'll get? That's right, even more good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates. In fact, Tony Pope State Farm is your go-to agent anywhere in South Carolina, North Carolina, or Georgia for the service you deserve at the price you want. So try combining your home, life, auto, and or small business insurance today. Tony Pope State Farm has been in business for more than 30 years and can handle anything you need in the tri-state area. Once again, Tony Pope State Farm will help you mix and match perfectly. Call 843-851-2222 or visit TonyPope.com today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. The real estate market has changed dramatically from just a year ago. Rates, supply, demand, 
all of your traditional factors are in a transition phase. That's why if you or someone you know are considering making a move in the low country, contact me, JB, at Coast to Coast Realty. I work with an outstanding support cast of attorneys, lenders, inspectors, insurance agents, and more, all of whom are valuable in helping find a way for you to comfortably make your real estate decision. That's right. Call me, JB, your low country real estate broadcaster. Building your dream home is often just that, a dream and sometimes a nightmare. But at the Barndo Company, they commit to quality and build without sacrifice. Customization, open floor plans, limitless flooring options, maintenance-free and easy insulation perks, and affordability are just a few reasons why they've been named one of the best builders in the U.S. Believe in your dreams. Visit thebarndominiumco.com. That's thebarndominiumco.com. The Barndo Company. Gamecock owned. Gamecock operated. Traveling to cheer on the Gamecocks? Reserve your hotel stay with Fan Plans. Your booking supports inside the Gamecocks and the Big Spur, plus you still earn your hotel loyalty points. Visit fanplans.com slash inside the Gamecocks. What's up, Gamecock Nation? This is Jakar Moore from the DMV, and you are listening to the show. Welcome back, everybody, to Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Kicking it off on a Monday show. Got a lot of stuff going on on the screen right there. But first hour of the show is presented to you by, of course, Cindy Searfoss and the Cola Banker Kane Realty Team up here in the upstate. Give Cindy a call at 864-414-5271 for all your upstate residential real estate needs. Good, we got JC in there. Yeah, what's up, man? Hey, you found your uh, visor. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I found this one. I found my UNLV one, too. Uh, for those of you that don't know, that's why the Gamecocks are not in Omaha right now. I, I forgot that DV, it was a UNLV battle Friday. Yeah. But I got uh, I got this one. Uh, yes, apologize for my hair this morning, folks. I got up, was going to give it a good brush, and um, got sidetracked on the telephone. Uh, these days, that's, uh, that's my life. <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh, good to be with you guys, uh, and not on the phone right now. Well, uh, welcome, and hope you had a wonderful Father's Day uh, weekend. Obviously, we have uh, been uh, kind of rehashing what is the, what the, about the changes at, at South Carolina. By the way, uh, two o'clock first pitch today for Tennessee and Stanford in an elimination game. Someone's going home there, and then LSU and Wake tonight at seven o'clock on ESPN Florida. Who? Knocked the Gamecocks off, and the Supers is 2-0. And inching closer to playing for another national championship. But um, some other good news for, for South Carolina. Ty Good did commit this weekend. That's public uh, righty from the uh, College of Charleston. He, he, he's, look, he's an upper 80s, 90 guy. He's not going to blow you away with 95-plus mile-an-hour fastballs. It's not going to happen. Um, but he's a guy that knows how to pitch, and – he will be helpful in some way, shape, or form. Carolina still has arms to sign, and, and they are in the heavy, heavy, heavy thick of it for a couple of All-Americans. And if uh, Monty and King can pull that off over the next couple of days or few days, you will be looking at uh, the middle of the order featuring four All-Americans next year. Four, which would put you right up there with probably the best offense in the in the country if it pans out the way it should. But, um, J.C., per the news, 
with JP heading to Starkville um, and Matt Williams coming in. Uh, I'm not sure how much you know about Matt. I know a decent amount about him. He's been around the block, um, and he is one hell of a pitching coach. He's a guy who's going to be thrilled to be in this seat. Uh, he is, uh, I'd call him, call him a Gamecock guy, and um, and he's gonna he's gonna be able to step in and do some damage when it comes to signing top notch talent. Oh yeah, well he's uh, apparently Kingston's first choice when he hired Dustin Parker. So, um, you know, I, I think the timing with Matt has been a little off. Uh, I know he's really good at UNC Wilmington. Um, I think wasn't he the pitching coach when they came uh, to yep. the regionals? A few twenty sixteen. Yep. In twenty sixteen, uh, he's well liked and respected. I know Whittle thinks the world of him. We'll get his thoughts later, of course. But yeah, uh, yeah he's good. If you're going to lose Justin Parker, and I know there's some question as to why and and all that. And look, man, <laughs> uh, whatever the reason was, Carolina didn't want to match it or let him get on the plane. I mean, you know that's. Uh, you make decisions when you're a leader and, and head coach, AD, whatever you want to call it, and uh, you live with them. And that's that's all I got to say about that. And, you know, I, I think that the, with the way this went down, though, it's probably going to work out pretty good for Carolina. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I think the optics, you know, some people are not going to like the optics of getting, quote, unquote, outbid by a fellow SEC program. On that, especially Mississippi State, it's not exactly, you know, they're not. Well, I, I, you look I, at their, I wanna, you look at their, they're not as. I mean, they're they're up there, but uh, they do put a, and, and see, I, I don't know exactly how it all went down, but uh, I'm just kind of addressing some of these complaints out there. But uh, you know, yeah, that's I think fine. people people have a football mindset of that though. They they we need to back the truck truck up on that real quick. Mississippi, JC, I was talking to somebody on the on the phone this morning who you know extremely well who is in the media world, who covers college baseball. And Mississippi State has any resource they want at their disposal when it comes to baseball. The money he's getting there is more than – he will be the highest-paid pitching coach in the SEC by far. Mm-hmm. By far. And I'm not sure of many people that were, that were going to come back and get to that number. Uh, if it, I mean, at some point in time, it'll be public. That's a public institution. You can look it up. Um, but when you have something like this waiting in the wings where you can make the change and it works out that way and you feel like maybe you've improved your program, you've improved your recruiting and all those things, I don't think it's the worst thing in the world. I I like Justin Parker. I'm not trying to dismiss this. That's not what I'm saying. But sometimes things work out, and I just happen to think this is an instance where it does. But I I don't want people to look at Mississippi. It's not like Mississippi State football is stealing, you know – uh, Dow Loggins or, or or Pete Limbo, like that's not what's happening here. Mississippi State baseball, you're in the NIL world now too. These are two separate things, but you're in the NIL world. You you get this. They have unbelievable resources at their disposal over there, and they do have more money than South Carolina because they seat almost fourteen thousand people a game. That's, sick, that's double the crowd that comes to Columbia every day, and almost every game of theirs sold out. So it's not like this is the Sisters of the Poor. This is Mississippi State baseball. It's one of the best programs in the country, although they struggled this year. And they went out and made a great hire. So, you know, hats off to Limo. It's so well, and, you know, by the way. Yeah, they, uh, they you know, they, they get a lot of revenue for their sport, too. Um, you know, with the 
people don't like to hear this, but those, the, the reason you build suites in a stadium, and Carolina Founders Park does have some suites, don't get me wrong, but I think Mississippi State has condos in the outfield or something like yeah. that. Those are lost. revenue generators uh, specific to the program. And I would – I haven't looked at their numbers, but uh, you know, Carolina usually in baseball breaks even. They probably lose a couple hundred grand with this sport. Um, you know, most years, some years it does take a bigger hit than others. Uh, it's not a revenue sport at all. Um, but I would imagine if I looked at the Mississippi State numbers with, with if they if they looked at see how much how much revenue does their ballpark and and how, how much revenue do they generate on baseball? In other words, I bet I bet it's up there. I bet they still lose money on the sport, but I, I bet I bet it's. Uh, I bet it's higher than Carolina, probably higher than just about anybody else in the league. Yeah. Um, you Pretty know, they, they do do that. I'm not making excuses here. You know, I, I have – I always think that, uh, you know, you, you, if you got good people, you, know, you need to pay them. Um, and uh, that's mine. But I also – I mean, that is an, out, out, is an outstanding <laughs> salary he's going to get. Uh, and it probably goes a longer way in Starkville than it does in Columbia, too. Um, and I like Justin a lot. I mean, I get to meet yep. him at the event and, uh, it's great. you know, my great fiance place. likes him a lot too, cause it's the gun show every time he walks to the mound, but uh, <laughs> I, I don't, that's, that's one area. I don't know that old Matt Williams can stack up, you know, with gun <laughs> shows and all that with, with the Monty and King and, and, and Justin, they were, they were just like Chippendales guys yeah. you know, out there. You didn't want to fight that staff. No. Yeah. You know, but it's, uh, but I, I look, uh, it's fine. I mean, it, these things happen. I think it's unfortunate because just from my, I mean, the timing of it, because from my standpoint, uh, with Carolina rise, man, I, I, I had this good, brilliant idea, I guess <laughs> me and my bright idea is Saturday morning of, of starting, uh, the diamond fund, right? Right. So, uh, game, the game, give, give a little get, game has a little extra support in the portal and all that. And it, it, it sur- what we did surpassed any kind of expectation I had. Fans really responded to it. Uh, I felt for the first time in a long time there was a unified kind of let's go get them, Kingston kind of thing. Um, and, uh, of course, the criticism's not coming down on King at all. It's, it's coming down on Ray. But, I mean, yeah, it was just such a peaceful weekend. <laughs> and then this stuff happened. So I was like, ah. It's the most, you know, classic South Carolina situation well, where. But I mean, the silver lining too, like, yeah. I mean, JC, how many coaching searches have you been through in your time in the media? You've been doing this for a long uh, time. It is very rare. I mean, very, very extremely rare that you lose a guy, and he is immediately re- replaced with a with a guy. You know what I mean? Like a serious that, dude. Yeah. Like it's it, this. This isn't like you know. King, King, the way that this played out for Carol, if you're going to lose a guy, it couldn't have played out any better. You can't go hire a better pitching coach than Matt Williams to come in and, well, and replace JP. I, I, it, it, the vibe, I, a little bit of vibe I get too is this. You remember the Brian Van Gorder 30 days? Yeah. 30 days of Van Gorder. God, was that uh, long? And, and everybody, I mean, he left and went back to the Falcons as the DC. Don't blame him at all on that. At the time, he was one of the best D coordinators in college football. He was he dominant at Georgia and then went to work for the Falcons and, and came back. And, I mean, everybody was like, oh, my God, Brian Van Gorder and Steve Sp-. Even Georgia fans were like, man, I don't like that at all. 
Oof. Mm-hmm. You know, and he, he, he packed up and rolled and, you know, the head coach that's here now, uh, just happened to know a guy that had been in Arkansas for 30 days named Ellis Johnson and Spurrier hired Ellis and yeah. that similar guy wanted to be home from the state. Heck, I think, uh, Matt's from Lancaster. I think Ellis is from, uh, yeah. Winsboro, which is right below yep. Lancaster in that, that little corridor up 77. Um, yeah. And, 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 you know, Ellis obviously had been the D.C. at Alabama and Mississippi State and Arkansas and wherever else, head coach at Citadel. So so it, he had a longer track record at this level than, than Matt Williams. But you're right. Matt Williams has been, you know, he, it's just a matter of time before he went to a major program. And the timing is right for him to go to South Carolina. So uh, I, I would kind of compare it to that and tell people, look, what happened? Brian Van Gorder. <laughs> Uh, you know, as NFL coordinators do, they get, get fired, get fired eventually. They all do. And then he goes back to Auburn and Notre Dame and, and collapses. So yeah. um, ended up getting fired at both places. So, uh, and Ellis had a great career at South Carolina and, and built, took the program up a level, helps for her take it up a level. And then, you know, ended up at Southern Miss and then Auburn and then retired, retired or whatever. So I, uh, I think I think I think sometimes there's a silver lining in things like this uh, when a guy leaves and and they do get him replaced that quickly. Uh, you, you sort of know, all right, and, and replace him with a quality dude. I mean, that's uh, that's big. And, and I heard I was actually in the studio and heard your points about in-state recruiting, and uh, that's big, you know. And, and and I'll add, I love you know just from my baseball standpoint. I love this Ty Good kid, the, the pitcher from from Charleston. Uh, he's a kid from South Point, Rock Hill, uh, in-state guy, NC State. I understand had a big financial situation on the table for him. He's a grad student, so the, the tuition payments for baseball grad students are a little bit different because you there's grants and stuff you can qualify for as an undergrad, but not graduate school. State had all that taken care of. Um, but because of his relationship with Monty Lee and, and the pitching coach at Charleston, who's a Monty Lee guy, uh, you know, he, he picked the Gamecocks and uh, he's, he's going to be taken care of. Thanks diamond funders. Uh, but uh, anyway, uh, you know, and this, but I love it. This kid, uh, Whittle says he, he's, he's got command of four pitches, uh, a nasty slider, not a Veach style. Oh my God. Slider where it's going all in the dirt and stuff, but, uh, a filthy one that kind of gets in there on you or whatever. And I, um, I, you know, I, I, I think that's a big piece, whether he's a, a weekend starter or a bullpen guy. And, and I think whether or not he is, it largely depends on how much better does Matt Becker get? How much better does, I mean, I think Becker will probably be in there regardless uh, cause he's a lefty and they need left arms. And uh, I think, I think Matt actually, I have a good feeling about him next year. So, but uh, you got him and, and Kimball and Eli Jones and, and you know, a lot, a lot of options there. But I, I think it kind of all depends on, like, how it works out and, and really what Matt Williams thinks now, too. But I do – make no mistake about it. Like, this was one I was excited about because I went and did some research on him. And uh, I think uh, Ty Good will be good for the Gamecocks next year. Well, he's a, he's a guy uh, that is going to bring some flexibility. Uh, he's, yeah. he's, he's got, um, he's got some of that James Hicks in him and the fact that he has to know and understand how to pitch. Now Hicks threw harder than, or throws harder than Ty, but, um, 
but you he has to understand how to pitch because he's not just going to step out there and be a powered guy. And so he has to control what he can control, which is being able to throw multiple pitches for strikes. And um, so he's a guy that they're going to be able to kind of figure out what they want to do with him. I mean, I, I think when I look at him, I think the ideal role that I would see him compared to what they have returning at this point in time is that he probably, if the season started today, is going to really firm up your midweeks, and then he's going to be a, a guy out of the bullpen on the weekends. Uh, clearly, that can all change. I think someone just asked a question a minute ago, Clint, is Kimball a starter or a bullpen guy? He's a starter. Uh, Roman Kimball is a guy that they are expecting a lot from, and I wouldn't be shocked at all to see Roman Kimball get the ball on Friday night to open the 2024 season. Oh, there's another Notre Dame guy who could be making his way to Columbia as well, and every team in the country wants this kid, but, you know, he does like the Gamecocks. So, you know, we'll kind of see. I mean, they, 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 they're they still a couple of arms short in my mind. I think that um, with all due respect to the young man who's transferring in from Liberty, uh, you know. He, he's they, a, they, he's they, just a piece, yeah. They, they got to – I know he throws hard, but they got to they gotta go find some guys who can step in and pitch. Um, yeah. Now, with that said, like this kid coming from Liberty, well, guess who's also coming from Liberty? Matt Williams. So, what is that going to look like? Um, which is interesting. Oh, you were leaving me, and now I'm, I'm, I'm here too. And what is their relationship like? Um, I know there's there's a kind of a lot of stuff behind the curtain there, so we'll, we'll kind of see how that unfolds. But yeah, they they still need to go sign a couple of dudes. But having Matt Williams come with you, he he's recruited a ton of guys who have gone and signed elsewhere. South Carolina, Clemson, North Carolina, big schools, right? Bigger, better schools in places like Liberty. Now he's going to have a level playing field, being the pitch coach for the Gamecocks. Um, so I, the, the portal over the next couple of months will be interesting. The high school stuff is going to be interesting as well. We're not going to see that for a while, though. It's going to take some time to build those classes. The portal's instant. So over the next couple of months, it'll be interesting to see what what changes – uh, when they as they work to continue building the rebuilding the twenty four roster, yeah, I agree. And uh, you know, baseball portal stretches out for a while, man. I didn't know. Uh, continue to learn more about this stuff. I think it goes to the end of July <laughs> with the draft and stuff. So it's like it's like it's like new math figuring out the the, the baseball portal. But I, I tell you, I wouldn't follow it as closely uh, if it weren't for Carolina Rise, you know, because of all that, but I'm having a good time following it. I mean, I, I love recruiting, obviously. Um, and, uh, baseball is, uh, a little different than football and basketball, obviously because well, of the scholarship situation, but yeah. I'm love. I'm, I'm enjoying following it to be, be frank, but man, I've been enjoying everything about this baseball program for a while. So, well, and Hey, going back to, and I know we got hit a time out here. We have plenty of football on the way guys. Uh, we'll turn that page in just a minute. Um, but going back to something that Coach Lake said on Friday, almost every other school in the country, unless you're in the World Series right now, has turned the page and they're doing their top ten countdown list of football season, you know, greatest ball boys of all time and top ten atmospheres and, you know, hottest coaches' wives and all these other stupid things that nobody cares about. But we're still talking about college baseball. And good for us because that means people care about the program. And um, and want to see South Carolina do the things that we know they're capable of doing. So uh, that's the 
Word on the street for now. John Whittle will add more to that conversation in less than an hour on Inside the Gamecocks this show. The Barndominiumco.com is where you can build your dream home as low as $160 per square foot. It is these things are awesome. They are so cool. And I know a few of you have reached out to their office to get some ideas about homes that you can build on property that you either own or are buying. We certainly appreciate that. I know that they do too. And uh, you'll be in one of the most unique housing situations in our country. They're one of the U.S.'s best builders, the barndominiumco.com. All right, time out. Football next inside the game. Electric Bikes of Charleston offers the most fun you'll ever have on two wheels. Magnum, Velotric, Inventive Bikes, and more. And they sell to consumers all across the state and offer outstanding warranties and service after the sale. Five levels of pedal assist plus a throttle help you handle the southern heat better but still get great exercise. Bikes are available all ages and sizes. ElectricBikesCharleston.com or stop into their store in Mount Pleasant. Electric Bikes of Charleston, powering inside the Gamecocks, the show. I don't know who you are. I don't know what you want. If you're looking for a karaoke partner, I can tell you, I can't carry a tune in a bucket. But what I do have is a very specific set of skills. Hang up now, and your IT nightmares will continue. But stay on the line, and I will find you. And when I find you, I will fix it. Um, thanks. Uh, I think I have the wrong number. I'm trying to call Matt at Heritage Digital. He has a one-price, low-cost turnkey solution for all my IT needs, and I'm sick and tired of my IT guy. So, yeah, 843 843- Six nine nine one zero zero one. This is one zero zero two. Oh, well, thanks anyway. Don't be taken by some IT dude that talks a big game. Give Matt at Heritage Digital a call, 843-699-1001. Golfers and wannabe golfers, former Gamecock golfer Meredith Taylor is now a full-time golf instructor in the Midlands of South Carolina. In-person golf lessons are held at the Country Club of Lexington. Half hour, hour, on course nine or 18 holes. And if you're outside of South Carolina, Meredith conducts virtual lessons. Just send in your golf swing for analysis. Gift cards are available for in-person one-hour lessons. Connect on Twitter at Mayor Taylor and find her online at McKellarEnterprises.org. Her email is on the website. Schedule your next lesson today with Meredith Taylor, former Gamecock golfer. Hey Gamecock fans, it's Evan Stowe from Gamecock Baseball. A couple of painters paint the show Garnet and Black every day and get the job done right at a fair cost. Go to LetMePaintSomething.com for information and an estimate. Go Cox! You heard Evan Stone Gamecock fans 10% off for military repeat customers or mention the show. Interior, exterior painting, fencing, cabinet staining, concrete painting, popcorn ceiling removal, and more. 803-522-6832. LetMePaintSomething.com Don't you know, no, no. From the little trick to the big old cock, you see, big old west. Danny Hill. He'll run. He's 
Welcome back, everybody, inside the Gamecocks, the show. First hour of the show, obviously, brought to you by Cindy Searfoss, Coldwell Banker Kane Realty Team, 864-414-5271. Football. (laughs) I got to answer a question in here. Actually, let me answer a couple of questions here, but let me answer a very important one here for Cam. 75 days until kickoff, Cam. I saw that. (laughs) 75 days until kickoff. Okay, 75 days until all of you get to hug JC and grab his pudgy little cheeks and tell him how cute he is and all that stuff in Charlotte uh, before uh, before we kick it off up there. Can't wait for that. That's um, right. Give his uh, hair a ruffle. <laughs> while, we're, while we're talking sports, Craig uh, Craig's going to have a couple of personal conversations over here. I know he had one earlier about his golf game. Now he's going to have a beach conversation with Clint. So y'all just skip over them in the chat box and let him uh, – let them send their beach photos back and forth to each other. Um, have they have they've been on vacation. Yeah, they haven't seen each other in a while. Yeah, you know y'all y'all catch yeah, up. Go yeah, ahead. Yeah, go, y'all go ahead. Yeah, y'all go ahead. Yeah. Um, Cam, uh, the Bama shortstop is uh, Monty and uh, King. We'll meet with him today, and um, we'll we'll see what comes out of that. They're they're in a good spot there. They feel pretty good about that. Might not work out, but uh, but they're in a pretty good spot there, and they and they feel good about it. And um, and uh, I missed something earlier, but it's no big deal. So it was the you know. liberty. It was the liberty pitcher, and uh, Parker thought he could fix something. That's interesting because now, I mean, well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's, a, that's a that's that's pretty interesting right there. But uh, yeah. Um, oh, Ed Ed's question too. Yeah. How solid is Lemo's job? Well, Kings is more solid than Lemo's. Uh, right getting now, to a yeah. super regional puts you in a pretty good spot. Uh, missing the postseason after winning the national championship hmm. uh, just two years ago. So yeah, it's it's you know he had to fire Fox. It's a tough spot over there, you know, right now, and that is one of the reasons why they said, "Here's what we're willing to give Justin Parker," and everybody's like, "Oh my God, go pay a pitching coach what?" <laughs> yeah, um, basically, you know. Here's have all the money you need. And I'm not so sure, by the way, that if that was matched by South Carolina, that it wouldn't have been up another substantial amount of money. I mean, they're literally – that's where they are right now in Starkville of fix this crap. We just won a national championship. Fix it. Yeah, that's so, why I thought, you know, some of this narrative that Ray didn't, you know, pony up the dough or whatever is, is kind of maybe a little missing the mark there because you this is the equivalent of a caged animal hire down there at Mississippi State. I mean, you know, they this is a desperation move. We got to have one of the best in the business to come in here to help fix this from, you know, from Limo's point because it's like he's his seat's hot. I mean, it's not just warm, but you you can't win it all and then not even make the postseason uh in a big time program like that and not feel some Feels some uncom- discomfort Two years in, in a row. backside, in right? A row. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's okay. that's uh, in a lot. And this year's Mississippi State team could hit the ball. They just what was the problem? They could pitch. Yeah. Can't pitch. And, I mean, and I've heard, I've heard some of the reasons too. It ain't good. You know, you yeah. gotta you gotta fix that. Yeah. You know, someone's got to come in with uh, some structure. And 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 I'm not trying to throw Scott Foxhall under the bus because Scott Foxhall is one of the nicest, coolest humans ever. He's gonna be a great pitching coach again somewhere. It just kind of it just fell apart over there. Uh, Cam, do do does Carolina have a shot with Billy Amick? Yes, they do. Um, JC Camp is rolling. By the way, 
uh friday night i uh i was had our family out on kiowa for music on the green and i looked to my left and five feet away was miss emily beamer and her children so we sat there and talked for a while and that was neat i said where's shane and she said he's at camp with an eye roll and i said oh my god camp never ends forgot all about it uh, it was their anniversary so, weekend, too, so I bet you got a it was, solid eye roll on that yeah. one. <laughs> well, I asked her, I said, is, is he coming to town? And she said, yeah, he's going to try to get in tomorrow night and spend, you know, Sunday here. And I said, well, you know, tell him I said, tell him I said hello or whatever. But uh, and she mentioned the anniversary thing. I said, so I'm assuming if he's going to blow in for 24 hours and get back out of here, he probably isn't playing a lot of golf. And she goes, yeah, probably not. So, uh, coaches have wives like we do. Um, she was as sweet as they come, but she's the one, she reminded me we had camp. JC, any word from what happened in camp? And I know a huge recruiting weekend is just ahead. Yeah, it, it's coming up. I mean, these camps, and, and I heard similar from some of my contacts uh, with the program. It's like these camps have been brutally. I uh, like a bunch. It's like yeah. four camps in two days, and you know so. These are kind of the dog days for coaches, and you throw official visits on top of that. June is an extremely busy month in college football, whereas it used to just be camp. Um, and now you have so with, with the way Beamer uh, recruits and as aggressive as they are, and as as you know, it's not like the Spurrier era where you know you'd have one big elite camp day, so to speak, uh, and you have seven on seven. And, and other than that. It was tough to cover almost because there just wasn't a lot of a lot. There wasn't droves of kids coming in and out. Now Muschamp got a lot of guys in and out. In fact, it was a, it was more of an evaluation process. And then with Beamer, it's been like Muschamp on steroids as far as getting everybody in and out. So there's guys coming in each and every day. I tell you, the one thing to look for um, when you're talking about these camps is uh, 2025, 2026 in-state guys that they identify early. Uh, mm-hmm. Kelvin Hunter, for example, four-star guy, you know, committed to Carolina from Florence. I think the first camp they did, first two camps they did, uh, when things opened up after the pandemic, Torian Gray offered him. And so when the Oregons and, and, and Tennessees and Floridas and everybody else of the world came in and offered him, Gamecocks were way ahead already. And so that's uh, – some of it's preventative in terms of, hey, you get in early, build that relationship, other teams can't catch up. But – uh yeah, it's um, you know, nothing big. I'm, I'm trying to, I guess, uh, Binks, Binks asking about um, the JUCO kid. I need to ask ask Hale about it because uh, I don't know. Uh, first I've heard of, of that. Um, but admittedly this morning I wasn't, like, catching up on football recruiting. I was sort of catching up with some other stuff. So, um, but, yeah, it's um, – and it's fun. And, and, you know, the high school coaches – say a lot of good things about the camps these days at Carolina and stuff like that. There was a specialist camp this past weekend. So Limbo's evaluating the long snappers and punters and kickers of the future and, and all that. So uh, it is a busy time. <clears throat> and then, you know, you have, uh, you know, the big official visit weekend this weekend. And uh, my goodness, that's, uh, that's big, uh, obviously. Uh, and then they did have an official visitor this past weekend. Um, I'm not sure where the Gamecocks stand. Uh, this is a guy that sort of, uh, uh, up in the Dexter is Dante Reno knows, um, uh, two way, uh, two way lineman, six, five, two sixty. 
uh, ranked uh, 24-7 Sports Composite, has him as a top 100 guy in the country, number 95 overall. Yeah. Um, and the Gamecocks had him in. So, we'll, uh, and that was his final official visit, Wisconsin and Penn State are the other two choices. And uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens uh, with him. He is uh, obviously, you know, I looking at him, I would guess defense, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, Travian Robertson's recruiting him, so I would guess they like him on defense better than offense right now. But uh, uh, he could play either spot, and uh, his name's Liam Andrews. That is a, that's a lineman name right there. Liam Andrews. <laughs> yes, it it's is. It's a Scottish name, too. <laughs> Give me Liam. Put, put Liam Andrews on the phone now. Play yeah. the bagpipes for him. But, uh, it, uh, you know, it's one of those things. But he – kind of a surprise visit. I, you know, I don't know. Uh, talking to some people up there that, uh, that cover it for us, they, they don't really they, – they haven't really sat there and gone, hey, South Carolina can get this guy. Um, maybe they can, maybe they can't. But the official visit, obviously, uh, from what I was told, went very well. They feel like they're right there. So it's another one of those shoot your shot, competition's thick. Um but, you know, you do have the Dante Reno factor there. And, uh, heck, uh, big, getting a defensive lineman from Massachusetts, that's it's different, you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, O-line is not so different, but D-line is different. But uh, I like this kid on film. He's tough, uh, you know, moves around really well. So if the Gamecocks end up, you know, pulling a surprise and getting him, that's great. That uh, it was uh, He was the only one on campus. So everybody was, you know, he got everybody's attention this weekend. Yeah, I the the Mass, yeah offensive lineman from Massachusetts generally uh, feel they don't end up in Columbia, South Carolina, but um, but like this past weekend, we <laughs> it became public that uh, that um, that Fred Johnson, the linebacker out of Norfolk, is is coming here as well. And again, I mean, we we've known, I guess we've known this for a little while, JC. So that wasn't like a that wasn't earth-shattering news, but I think what's what's important in the conversation is that it's another kid from that way. Like I'm just saying that way, as in like look northeast, and and it's like they started there, right? I mean, we knew when Shane got here, just like Coach Muschamp said, just like Coach Perger said, everybody, we knew they were going to have to recruit Florida, duh. We knew they were going to have to recruit Atlanta, duh. We knew they were going to have to recruit Charlotte. Duh. But then they started – you you point this out all the time. This inroad up to the Delmarva area, D.C., in the Delmarva area, Delaware, Maryland, Virginia, for those wondering what that means. And it's like they – it's almost like they got in a little room and it was like, well, you know, why stop there? Let's just keep going. Not I mean, there's not – you know, going, just, you know, yeah. Pennsylvania, Massachusetts. Next thing you know, we're going to have a safety out of Maine. You know, some kid from Newfoundland. I mean, it's, 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 uh, it really is. Uh, is there another SEC team that recruits that heavily in that area of the country? Cause I can't think of one. They, they all spot recruited Alabama when Lance Thompson was there recruiting for them. And then it continued for a few years after I mean, they got some elite guys out of Northern Virginia, uh, South Carolina, Northern Virginia has not for this staff. Eric Wolford did a good job up there. He went, he got Ja'Kai Moore. He got uh, Vershawn Lee. They're both obviously still here. And then Jesus Gibbs is another guy he got that ended up leaving after a month. And then now he's at Towson State. Is going to probably play in the NFL on the defensive line. He may have gotten drafted, or he may 
he may already be, be maybe gone from there. Um, or maybe he got in the portal. I don't know. Anyway, uh, those are three quality guys. Uh, this kid, Fred uh, Johnson, is from uh, the Virginia Beach, Hampton Roads area, which is a famous recruiting area uh, through time. Percy Harvin is a guy that came out of there. Allen Iverson, basketball guy, right? His football tape, if you ever turn it on, probably a better football player. <laughs> you know, just that sounds crazy. But uh, Michael Vick, obviously. E.J. Manuel, who played at Florida State's from there. Uh, all those kids that started Virginia Tech, 80% of them were from there, and Frank Beamer made a living there. It is the closest area to South, in Virginia, uh, South Carolina is the closest SEC school to that part of the country. Um, if you can go in there and, and get guys, and, and they're doing well in the D.C., Maryland area, I don't, I don't know what happens when they cross the Potomac you know, to Virginia, but the, the, the kids on the other side love Carolina, uh, obviously. And I always kind of thought, you know, if you're going to do it, if you're going to take a shot at expanding the recruiting base, and they've expanded it west, done well west, going west too, I, and that that's what surprised me almost the most is I, I never thought it was maybe worth a lot of worth your you know once you get to Mississippi, you're competing with all those Western Division what what, what used to be the Western Division schools and all that, but uh, you know I, I think working north south. Uh, if you're South Carolina, that makes a lot of sense. That's a lot of area. Miami to Maine is what I've always said. Um, and there's just a lot of players up and down that road. And, uh, you know, it makes sense. The competition's different up there. Uh, it's more fighting Penn State for guys, Ohio State, you know, the Big Ten. Um, but, the, you know, you could offer them something different, the SEC and uh, closer to home. And there's a ton of students that the university has from – that area, it's always been that way. So I think what's exciting about Fred Johnson is, yeah, Clint says Ronald Curry. There's another guy, 757, Dre Bly. Uh, in North, you know, I think I think what's exciting about this is once you get established inroads in 757, uh, and I think I don't know that I don't know that Fred Johnson's gonna be the last commit from there. I just it's my opinion. This cycle, you can start getting other guys, and you can make South Carolina the SEC destination for those kids, and that's just a huge talent pocket. I mean, when you're in a state the size of South Carolina, uh, you're going to find guys in state, and you're going to always have you know about 25, 30% of your roster is going to be from in state. But you got to supplement that with kids from elsewhere, and the 757 puts out a ton of NFL guys. So does Maryland and D.C. You just got to get them here. So, uh, the exciting part of it is they may have kind of broken the seal, so to speak, on the 757 with Fred Johnson. And I think he's a hell of a player. Uh, I think 6'3", 225, runs 4'5", four, 4'. Four. Uh, he's that long, lengthy linebacker that Clayton White likes, uh, yeah. sort of like the other one, Wendell Gregory, they have. Um, and so that's two big, lengthy linebackers to go along with Pup Howard that you got in the yeah. last class. So they keep in, uh, keep in yeah. rocking and rolling. I love the name Fred Jones. I like it too. But he's got the he's got the quotations, you know, J R in his name. So is he does he go by J R, I wonder? Uh I don't know, but I, I also like I also like people who give their not uh dogs double names. Like this is my dog Fred Johnson. Oh. Hello Fred. Yeah, this is my dog. This is uh you know, John Smith, my dog. Oh, okay. John. I've got a buddy. Literally, I also have a Fitzhugh. Yeah, I I had a I played with a guy in college that got a dog. He named it Damn It, (laughs) and so he'd be like, he'd be like, get off the couch, Damn It. Oh, okay. 
Damn it, sit. Boy, that would confuse my children. <laughs> pretty, pretty brilliant stuff. Pretty brilliant stuff. He was from Manning, South Carolina, so I didn't put it past him when he told me he really did that. I thought, well, that sounds about right for beautiful Manning. So, All right, hour one's in the books. Whittle's going to join us. Uh, question on the board about the third assistant job with South Carolina. Um, yeah, I know what's going to happen with it. Um, and John, I think, does too, so we'll, we'll get to that. Uh, we do have – this is a huge weekend in recruiting. When we get back, I'm going to get J.C. to compare the summer of 22 to the summer of 23. A little bit different from a number standpoint. Why is that? Maybe he's got the answer. We'll see. We'll be right back. What's up, Gamecock fans? This is Pitcher Noah Hall. If you want some delicious food for your event, I suggest visiting nanasports.com today to find out what they all have to offer it's really good southern cuisine based out of Charlotte, my hometown. I hope you guys go check it out. Go Cox and go Nanas. Are you looking to buy a new home? Kevin O'Connell with Union Home Mortgage is a local mortgage expert and Gamecocks fan servicing North and South Carolina. Whether you're buying a home, building your dream home with new construction, or turning your equity into cash, UHM's world-class service will ensure you find the perfect mortgage to achieve your home ownership goals. Call Kevin at 803-906-0244 or visit UHM.com today. Union Home Mortgage is an equal housing lender. NMLS 2229 LONMLS 1772182 Electric Bikes of Charleston offers the most fun you'll ever have on two wheels. The home of Oventon, Velotric, Magnum Bikes and more, they sell to consumers all across the state and offer outstanding warranties and service after the sale. Their electric bikes are equipped with five levels of pedal assist plus a throttle so you can ride longer, handle the heat better, but still get great exercise. Bikes are available for all ages and sizes. Visit electricbikescharleston.com or stop into their store in Mount Pleasant if you're in the low country. Electric Bikes of Charleston, powering inside the Gamecocks, the show. Hey everyone, this is Jack Mahoney from Gamecock Baseball, and inside the Gamecocks, the show is teed up every day by travelingcountryclub.com. So if you all love golf, make sure you guys go check out their awesome membership options and go Cox. Welcome to travelingcountryclub.com, your modern golf club experience. Hey folks, this is Michael Manis, former Gamecock golfer, inviting you to play more golf with a membership to travelingcountryclub.com. With over 40 courses across the Carolinas, our membership provides you with an affordable way to enjoy a club-like golf experience. From the mountains to the coast, we offer golf courses that will challenge all types of golfers, no matter your handicap level or level of play. Plus, we offer unique membership benefits not seen anywhere else as part of Traveling Country Club. In July, we're excited to bring you the third annual Plunder on Polly's two-day golf tournament with rounds played at Caledonia and True Blue Golf Courses in the heart of Polly's Island. Head to TravelingCountryClub.com to register for that event. And it is not exclusive to TCC members, but to become one, you can sign up and bring to life your golf game. Tee it up with Traveling Country Club, TravelingCountryClub.com, TravelingCountryClub.com, proud partners of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. This is Zachary Davis from Carolina Hoops, and you're watching the show with JB, JC, and Phil. Go Cops. And we're back, hour two, inside the Gamecocks, the show, here on a Monday. 
Let's see, which one of these yeah. places do we want to hit here first? Uh, I don't know, but I know the rain's guys. about to hit here. I um, know, yeah, we've been dealing we, with it here. What? Well, yeah, I know. Well, <laughs> well, I just got rid of my kids for three days, too, and then next thing you know, dude, the damn rain comes. I'm like, well, there goes outside. It just sucks, we're, man. We're I mean, going to drought so up here. It. Like, it doesn't mm-hmm. rain hardly at all. Well, we'll send someone down here with a bucket. Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, yeah, we can ship some up your way for sure. This, we're about to get just, I mean, luckily, I spent three days, like, in the water, out in yeah. the boat, at the pool, playing golf, you know, wherever, because from what I understand, this whole weekend, or this whole week, is going to be stuck inside, so I can't wait for that. Um, no. JC, we have two commitments in, in June this year. Uh, how many, remind me, what was the number, it was a large number, what was the number last June? Oh, gosh. It was in the double digits. 10, 11 guys, yeah. Yeah, it was up there. And and some of them straggled through to, like, July. Like, Dontavious Braswell. Remember that? Over the 4th of July. He released the top four. Ah, I'm glad that hasn't become a precedent. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Because at that point, that's that's when I start saying, nah, I'm not going to. I don't think I'll like not spoil your moments that you're screwing with everybody and uh, all that. But uh, he released, uh, for those who don't know, Braswell released the top four, didn't have Carolina in it, and they committed to Carolina. So very clever surprise there uh, for Dontavious. But I remember that being July 4th because we were on our way to Tennessee when I was on the phone and all that was happening. But, yeah, some some straggle through to the first week of July that visit in June. But, yeah, during that time, I mean, it's been – uh, commit city. The, the difference this year, though, guys, and I, I'll remind everybody of it, is that Carolina is in on a lot more guys that have a lot more options. Um, and and this just a, it's big boy recruiting, man. You just got to put your pants on and go to work and, and get your share. Um, so I wouldn't freak out about. I mean, you know, the kid from from Dublin, Georgia, that committed to Florida this weekend. Uh, if you want, if you want to be concerned, <laughs> I would be concerned if I'm the game guys about how Florida's racking up defensive line talent right now because you don't want those boys to I – mean, I mean, but then again, they're always good. You know, Florida yeah. always is athletes. So, but uh, hats off to Coach Napier for getting uh, some dudes, really, uh, especially on the D-line. But, uh, you know, losing Nasir Johnson was not something that was unexpected. Uh, the Jordan Thomas news going to Georgia, that stings just because of his connections. But, hey, they're the two-time defending national champs and – have sent a bunch of guys to the NFL. Um, and so you just got to tip your cap and move on with that. But uh, I, I do think Carolina's going to sign a really good D-line class uh, when all is said and done uh, with all that. Uh, Craig asked, how you doing with Jalua Solomon? Oh, gosh, where did he visit over the – was it Auburn over the weekend? Yeah, uh, I, I think feel so. They're in really good shape, but like I said, it's a battle – Probably Florida State's the the team that they're looking at battling, and then uh, Auburn and some others. So we'll see sort of what happens. Um, I, I do want to, before I go any further, <clears throat> give a birthday shout out to Cam Steadings. Today he's eleven, I believe. Hopefully, Josh, I'm, I'm saying that right. He's eleven, uh, and uh, he listens to the show every single day, and so does Josh. Josh is quadcock. Uh, for those of you that don't know. Uh, he gets in, uh, I think he's called quadcock when he gets into the, or maybe it's Josh Steddings. I don't know. But anyway, Josh is a teacher in the upstate, uh, really good friend of mine. And uh, 
I told him, I was like, I don't know, if, you know, are you sure kids can handle this show? <laughs> you know, <laughs> sometimes we get a little off the trail. He's like, yeah, he knows, but he listens every single day. So Cam, salute to you. Happy birthday. You have a wonderful father, a wonderful family. Uh, you're a blessed kid. Uh, and it's an honor to give you a shout out here. Yeah, man. Happy birthday. birthday. He's how old? Happy 11. Birthday. So, 11. 11. I'm pretty sure it's 11. So, okay. um, yeah. And so, to... so there's that, but you know, football recruiting, time. it's, uh, it, it is a big weekend coming up. Um, as far as, uh, player, I mean, Dylan Stewart, obviously, is the headliner. I mean, let's, let's is just there any like chance at all? And by the way, Hale will be, be here with us tomorrow too. Is there any chance at all that Dylan Stewart makes a commitment while he's in town? I think the timeline would be more towards July on that. But is there a chance sooner than later, right? Yeah, so yeah, let, I think let me let me let me let me re-ask that. That's a that's a that's a ridiculous question. How likely is it that Dylan Stewart would commit while on an official visit to South Carolina this weekend? Well, if we're talking about silent commits, it's possible. That's what I would say. It's possible. Uh, I don't know that he'll go public with it, Um, but but there's some other guys coming in that are, you know, that probably a little closer to committing Mm -hmm. than Dylan. Uh, Dylan's still an all-out holy war. I mean, Carolina may not get him. I mean, I kind of feel confident that they will, but, uh, you know, I actually feel a little better about him than Nick Harbor. Maybe it's because they made a believer out of me with Nick Harbor, but – and it's another DC kid, but um, it's uh, you know, I, 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 it's still a war with him. You know, here are the guys though coming in this weekend that can you can get over the top with Jonathan Paler, uh, four star guy, uh, number eleven quote unquote athlete in the country. They call him the missile. Uh, we talked about areas of the country that the Gamecocks need to establish some footholds in earlier. Uh, that triad area of North Carolina, I think the Stadnick twins were the last group of guys they got out of that area. And it was, God, you know, really? uh, Quinn Smith, I think was from that area, but that Gamecocks never really did have never really done all that much in that, you know, that stretch of 85, you know, going up through, through Greensboro, West to Salem and over towards what when you're going towards Durham Burlington's right in the middle of like from between Greensboro and, and Chapel Hill, Durham, Raleigh and all that Burlington coat factory. Shout out. Anyway, um, <laughs> hey, I love the Burlington Coat Factory, man. My mom loves it, too. Anyway, shout out to Marty, my mom. Uh, anyway, Daniel hey, uh, is uh, – not Daniel. Daniel Hill Daniel, uh, is yeah. coming in from Meridian, Mississippi. Everybody l- loves to talk about the running back position. Well, here's your stud running back. <clears throat> He's a top 200 prospect. Uh, a lot of schools still after him. Um, but he's been a lean to Carolina. I mean, I, I can't remember a time where a kid comes off of a visit to LSU and starts talking about how much he loves South Carolina. So there you go. Uh, but they've got him kind of teed up as well uh, as a heavy lean. And then David Bucci or Boosie uh, from Savannah Bucci. Christian Prep, uh, he's been on the record saying I'll probably go up there and commit you know, on my visit. So that, that could be one that actually does happen on the official visit. Uh, and then, then you got the guys that you got to keep committed, like Braden Lee from uh, up there in DC, the corner, um, you know, you got Mazio Bennett, you got Wendell Gregory, 
coming in. Uh, the, the, the twin towers, Pringle and Thompson are coming in this weekend. So, uh, Dante Rito will be there. So you got, uh, you got a lot of your known guys coming in as well, uh, for this weekend. And, you know, then there'll if, be a cookout later this summer, uh, where it'll all, it'll, and then recruiting will sort of wrap for a while, but, uh, that's July, right? Yeah. The there's a lot going on. Yeah. And, and I heard the other day, they may have a cookout like in June, in June, but that didn't make much sense to me. Cause I'm like, you're heading into a holiday weekend, you know, the next weekend or whatever, but maybe they will. I, I, maybe it's a small gathering or whatever, but there's definitely one on the books for, for July. Uh, they have it every single year. So, um, We'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens. So um, you know, but if, I think that uh, you know, yeah, they feel. I know they feel really good about Daniel Hill. If they get a commitment from this kid, uh, that will be consecutive years signing a top two hundred and fifty running back uh, in there. Mm-hmm. So Braswell last year, I think, wrapped up at two hundred and forty-seven. This kid, I mean, we don't know where it's going to be. It's June. They, these numbers changed often, but right now he'd be inside of the top 200, if not maybe eventually a little bit higher. It's pretty good, uh, you know, yeah. uh, being able to sign guys like that. Yeah, Clint asked if there's schools recruiting Hill as a running back or linebacker and thinks he's a better linebacker than running back. Maybe. I mean, look, man, I thought uh, I, I've done that before and been right, and I've done that before and been wrong. <laughs> when I'm trying to, you know, with, I think he's a better this than that, but uh, it's, um, you know, Alabama was recruited as a running back, but Alabama's, I think Alabama's full. Uh, I think that's the situation there, but uh, you know, he did have a window where he could have committed as a uh, running back to, Al- Bama? to Alabama. Yeah. I mean, well, I, I mean, didn't see, well, he, he's gonna, the type I'll of guy stop too, there but, then. I'm not going to question yeah, it. If I mean, he he's play the type running of guy back too. to Bama. Probably can do that yeah. here. Robert Gillespie liked him as a running back. So, it, but, but, you know, he's also a guy too, that if you're Alabama, he's from right down the road, you, you signed a bunch of five-star guys and then they got another commit from another five-star guy at running back. You bring him in, you let him compete. Well, that's shocking. And, um, and you know, you may move him to linebacker, you know I mean? It's, it's, it's just Alabama. It's a different situation. South Carolina needs a guy to come in and play, but I, I like Hill. He's physical. Uh, kind of reminds me a little bit of the guy I mentioned the other day that played for Georgia, Danny Ware, uh, who if Danny Ware had not had injuries throughout his career. He'd, he'd, I think he did have a cup of coffee in the NFL. Uh, that's back in the early 2000s. So that's 20 years ago. God, I might even get old. But uh, I like him. I, I think he's a, he's a power back with enough speed to where if he breaks in the open field, you know, you're not catching him. He's got good vision, good footwork, um, all those things that go into uh, – to uh, being good at that position. And then I love Jonathan Paler. I mean, uh, they call him the missile for a reason. Uh, he's not huge, but uh, he he's he's stout, you know, for 5'9", 175, um, and plays all over the place for them. Uh, you know, some people have compared him to Ace Sanders. Ace was actually smaller than 5'9". Than uh, he yes, was 5'7", coming in. But uh, uh, he's, a, he's a guy that can play. And so I think uh, you get him up to like 190, and uh, get in the ball in space, and he's going to make a lot of plays for you. Uh, and, you know, and those two have been right on the verge, you know. And, and Stewart's been, you know, giving the staff good feedback as well. So it's a, it's a big weekend. And, look, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that this list that, that everybody's reporting is final either. There could be some surprises, just like there was a couple of weeks ago where guys come in that, you know, you didn't, didn't necessarily have scheduled. So, um 
gosh, one of these one of those weekends. I kind of wish I was in Columbia because I that would be uh, it'd be good to kind of you know go kind of keep my ear to the ground about things. But I'm not. But we had other guys to be there. Who do I like better, Hill or Russell? I like Hill better. I think Russell's a what what you what I would call a, a luxury item kind of guy. Um, is he going to be Brandon Jacobs, uh, or is he going to get too big to play running back? And that's my question about him. Um, you know, so uh, primary competition, like you asked earlier, for Russell uh, is Tennessee, and then of course staying in state and re-upping with Arkansas. Uh, but I, I was told about, about him specifically, the Gamecocks feel like Dowell Loggins can eventually turn that thing in their favor. Um, it, he, he was kind of a new guy. Uh, they didn't, they haven't had an, I think they had an offer out to him, but you know, the visit and all that good stuff sort of took place. But, uh, you know, I also think Tennessee, uh, is, is right there as well. And, you know, if they get Russell and Lewis and the Gamecocks get, uh, Fuller and Hill, Hey, you know, we'll, we'll see who's better here in a couple of years. I, I don't know the answer to that because I like Lewis a lot, but uh, uh, I, I would, I would, if I'm, if I'm looking at it, uh, Clint, I'm, I'm, I'm going with Hill over Russell just because with, I, I'm, I would be concerned. Russell's like gets to be 250 pounds and would lose a step because he's not Derrick Henry. I mean, as you mentioned earlier, so, um, which is a, a running back I was wrong about. I thought Derrick would probably play outside linebacker. But he proved me wrong and proved everybody else wrong time and time again. Phil, so. I'll I'll never understand it. Every running back that's discussed, ah, he's too small. Ah, he's too big. There isn't a perfect one out there for these Gamecocks. I tell you what, you know. I tell you there what. Is, I don't even know what, what that are we even doing zone here? is. I mean, for, you know? someone someone get <laughs> Shane in the uh, someone get Shane, put him and his staff in the in the you know the science room over here, and let's just create an A one. Running back, so everybody's yeah. happy. Too big, too small. I, I, I think Hill and Fuller what the, are fine. I mean, size wise, I I don't know. With Russell, maybe he stays at two thirty, and this is a beast. And I'm eating my words, but you know, just just comparing him and Hill, I'd I'd probably lean more towards Hill just because uh, of my concerns. But yeah, you're you're right. Everybody wants the prototype, right? There's uh, really not one so that position. It's I mean, so funny I mean, to hear. By the way, Everybody I went back knows, and watched yeah, the spring game this weekend. I went back and watched the spring game this weekend well, that for detail. Boring. And mm-hmm. don't count Mario Anderson out just yet. He did some things where I don't know why I anybody's thought, counted him out from day one. I, I keep trying to tell I you. Was like, yeah. man, he's he's close, going to play. He's running physical. A lot of the issues with him getting stuff were blocking issues, which when you when you're running in like half your O line is the second string and half of it's the first string that happens. Um but uh, I like uh, I, I like him still. I'm not ready to, you know, and the whole thing was, and, and, and look, honestly, during practice, yes, the staff was like, well, you know, he, he needs to continue to get adjust to the speed of the game. He probably didn't adjust as quickly as, as he wanted to. But there's still time. Uh, and I saw some things in the spring game that I was like, huh, I'll reassess this. Cause I, 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 and, and Joyner, too. Joyner actually runs – Pretty physical. I mean, he trucked a guy <laughs> one time. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and, and looked natural doing it. So I'm not, I, you know, I, I'm going to kind of back off of the, oh, my God, what are they going to do running back kind of thing for now? I mean, obviously, I've, I've always said they just need to stay healthy, and they do, but uh, and block. 
But I think if they stay healthy and block, you know, I don't think there's any reason why Carolina can't be good enough at running it uh, to where, you know, their passing game. Teams can't just scheme up to stop the pass, you know, because what you do, uh, if Gamecocks are good at throwing it and can't run it a lick, they, they'll get in this big old umbrella zone and flood the zone. And Spencer will – I mean, it, 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 and it gets to be a mess. And then they'll rush three, and if your backs aren't good enough – uh, and your run game isn't good enough, you still can't run the ball against a favorable box. And, and that's the key for this year with the offense and the run game specifically. You've got to, when they give you the run, you got to be able to take advantage of it. Cause if you don't, kind of like against Notre Dame second half, I mean, we all loved that football game and it was a classic, but South Carolina actually, I mean, got one, one dimensional and got tore up that second half because they couldn't do anything about it, you know, except for that one Spencer throw. Um, so you got to be able to continue to run the football um, yeah. in certain positions. So well, and I, yes, I think Isaiah, that I think that the 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 public is a, a little bit more concerned about the running back group than they are internally. I'll, yeah, I'll just leave I, it I will. That. I'll, I, I'll, I'll give I you that. You, they're well, not. They, they would of course like it to be a little bit better, but they're they're not freaking out over the guys that they have. Yeah, they and like don't get it. me wrong. Shoot. Uh, uh, duh, Logan Diggs is a no-brainer. I mean, you know, oh, even, no doubt. Yeah. even though I think LSU did a lot of good recruiting for him mm-hmm. of tell, about their depth chart, oh, well, these guys were hurt and whatever. Uh, yeah, but they're all supposed to be back, right? Uh, right. Even though that happened, uh, you know, I still think – I think comparing him to some of the backs LSU has, he's going to get his share of carries next year now, period. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, he'll be in Williams-Brice in two <laughs> years if he doesn't go pro. But uh, yep. I, uh, I I do think that um, um, Bruin says, be honest, JC, you just wanted to see Lenoris again and dream of next year uh, in the spring game. I did watch me some Lenoris Sellers. I did. Boy, that yeah. guy, when he when he takes – he's so quick with the run, uh, running the zone read. I mean, he is he, – he'll like – the way he cuts – and then he's got speed and size. He's unbelievable, baby. Oh, my God. He's a diaper dandy. Oh. That's kind of like Andrew Dice Clay meets Dick Vitale. Dickery, dickery, doc, dick. Oh, yeah, baby. Yeah. Uh, I'll never but, get Andrew Dice Clay open for Guns N' Roses, and I was there. With Ryan Bartow, who all of you hate. Out yeah. there in Gamecock land. He's one of my best <laughs> yeah. friends, by the way. <laughs> Love him to death. <laughs> yeah, but he, he hate he hates the Gamecock too. So you know, never, never, <sighs> he, if if, uh, if any of you ever talk to him, you I'm would get kidding, a better you know, idea right. about where he's his if anything, what he does, he gravitates towards name brand programs and, and location and stuff like that. If if he has a bias, you know. But uh, and I don't even think it's a bias. I, I think it's this is more. You know, he's from Wisconsin, so um, we watched the we watched the Capital One Bowl together uh, a few years ago. So if you want to know like who he quote unquote pull, it's, it's the team from the motherland, Wisconsin. So mm-hmm. anyway, enough about Barto. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, David Bucci, Isaiah. Yes, we talked about him. I think he'll commit. Uh, he he's the first. If you if you want to lay up as to who's going to commit this weekend, that it would be him. In fact, I'm probably going to put a crystal ball in for him. There you go, crystal ball. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I'm putting one in for uh, Dylan Stewart and Daniel Hill and Joe Montana yeah. Jr. All right, we got to hit a uh, quick uh, timeout. John Whittle is yeah. going to step in here in just a little bit. Speaking of that, I 
I covered Joe Montana's kid when I was at ESPN. I was at a high school football game in Seattle. Joe Montana, Wayne Gretzky, and Will Smith's kid were all on the same team, and they were all there. Now, I, w- I had a BlackBerry then and not a dang iPhone. It was in 09 or 08, and so I didn't get a picture. Of course, I think I'd have been maybe violating some rules. ESPN didn't really care, though. Um, Should have had yeah. your uh, wind-up Polaroid camera then, but you didn't. Uh, two so, years later, I got picture the, the Snoop happen. Picasso back there. But anyway, that was – I picked Dan Marino up off the floor one time. I don't have a picture of that, though. He would not be thrilled. I saw Andy McDowell at the Maurice's Barbecue in, yeah. uh, in Irmo in 2001 <laughs> on, on my way to the Boise State opener with my buddy Skip. I uh, also saw uh, Allen Iverson at uh, Harris Cherokee Casino in Cherokee, North Carolina, and he wasn't thrilled that someone said, Mr. Iverson, we have your tables ready. He was actually very unhappy about that. All right, we got to go to break. Uh, John Whittle will jump in here just a little bit on the news from Gamecock Baseball right here on Inside the Gamecocks, the show. If you're in the upstate of South Carolina and are in need of residential real estate services, Cindy Bass Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane is for you. Ask her about the village at Creekside, all of her listings in my hometown of Spartanburg, South Carolina, right there on Daniel Morgan Avenue, married to a lifelong Gamecock fan. And many of our listeners have already bought homes from her and been 100% satisfied with the detail and care she uses. Cindy Searfoss, 864 864- 414-5271 Caldwell Banker Kane in the upstate for your real estate needs. Cool Joe here. And when I'm not eating average jambalaya or celebrating endless summer in Destin, I like to eat pimento cheese straight off the bucket. Mmm. And the only pimento cheese I like to eat is from Nana's Porch. It's award-winning. It'll melt in your mouth. It's good on a cracker. It's good in a bowl. It's good on a piece of bread. Also, don't forget Nana's Porch has a hell of a food truck. It's award-winning as well, and they're here for all of your catering needs. So get online, nanasports.com. It's mm-mm good. Coach O, signing off. Endless summer, go Tiger. The preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics is Signorama Columbia, and they should be yours too. A full-service sign company that handles design, production, install, and service, Signorama Columbia has helped to bring to life the perfect vision for so many all across South Carolina. Owned and operated by proud Gamecock alumni, they can handle all types of signage, including interior and exterior, vehicle graphics, and more. Go to Signorama.com and find the West Columbia location, or call them at 803-407-9284. Bring your brand to life with Signorama Columbia and go hey man, are you sick and tired of your business computer guy? Yes, he takes forever to call me back and doesn't always respond to the requests. Yeah, same here. I'm paying him good money. I constantly have issues and I'm worried he's not backing up my network and securing it properly. You know what, Phil? Let's ask Stone Blanton. Hey, JC and Phil, if you want a solution to your IT problems, give Heritage Digital a call. Our boy Matt Odom has a low-cost, one-price solution that will get you running right. Call 843-699-1001 or heritagedigital.com and ask for Matt. He will hook you up today and tell them Stone City. This is Cole Messina from the Yardcocks. Electric Bikes of Charleston powers inside the Gamecocks, the show. Be sure to check them out online or in Mount Pleasant. Go Gamecocks.
you got to turn your mic on to talk, Phil. However you want to do it, though. We can lip readers around here. Lip readers. I don't know. There's so much going on in my kitchen right now that I've been trying to protect the show from the noises coming from downstairs. That's all right. We'll have noises coming from John Whittle here soon. He's covering a tournament today as well, but he's going to pop in and continue our conversation of game got baseball and some of the changes that are being made uh, although none is quote unquote official um it's pretty much official uh to that question earlier by the way on the third paid assistant job they're going to make that a kind of a recruiting coordinator job um it is a job that um that is going to be a very so they're going to the third paid assistant right in less than two weeks that's a change in college baseball and to kind of structure things the way they feel like they need to be structured. I say they, not just South Carolina schools all over the country. They're going to make that more of a recruiting specific position. Um, so there, there's, there's probably, you know, there's, you'll see a lot of change uh, in, in, when schools start announcing what they're going to do. You'll, you'll, you'll see probably some more movement in coaching because, um, some of the guys that are in those roles now will not be uh, will not be the best fit for what that new role will be. Not that they aren't great coaches, but as JC has just spent the last 30 minutes basically describing, recruiting is a different animal. It's no different in baseball and or basketball or anything else. And you got to understand how to how to structure the guts of it internally. And unless you've really done it. Um, so you'll probably start to see even more movement in coaching here before long as some of these new positions begin to take place at schools all across the country. It's probably the best way I can answer that, but South Carolina uh, seems to be destined for a recruiting-type role, like a Taylor Edwards role of Game Cup baseball, basically. Yeah, that's exactly what's going to happen. So somebody who's going to work with J.C. to facilitate uh, rise deals. <laughs> well, okay, yeah. no. And, <laughs> and well, but also... Nah, like, Taylor, Taylor, no. Taylor can't do that. He, no, like, it'll, this will be a unique spot, though, because you will be coaching. Like, you will have a... You will have coaching on your plate, but your main job will be in charge of recruiting. Yeah, it's like, it's like when they, it used to be, like in football, you had, like, your running backs coach would be your recruiting coordinator, like Shane Beamer was the recruiting coordinator when he was here under Spurrier. Um, the job in college, in college football in general, especially now that they get the transfer portal, my God, it's too much for an assistant to do. Uh, for, for, uh, you got to have a guy off the field, so to speak, that heads it up because there's just too much going on and too much you can miss uh, yeah. if you got to coach a position and all that. That's how that, that's how that position sort of evolved. If you notice – uh, the last two staffs here have not had anyone uh, on the staff that was named the recruiting coordinator. Uh, it was it was Will Muschamp uh, under Muschamp, and uh, I think I think it's just nowadays with Beamer, it's just it's Taylor, um, and the head coach certainly is heavily involved. But anyway, that's uh, that's kind of how that goes. And if they do it in baseball, I certainly understand it because, like like I said, with the portal, everybody's kind of swimming right now. I mean, there's just so much to, to so many to evaluate, so many to get to. Uh, you got to move fast. And so that's, that's one of those things. So, yeah. Yep. There's a, there's, there's no question about it. Um, we, Kevin, I wouldn't, 
I wouldn't go that far just yet. Let's just kind of wait and see how things play out. Uh, we are waiting, John, to jump in here in just a minute. He, again, we'll um, we'll make sure we uh, plug him in for to to kind of clean up anything that we have been discussing. Did y'all see the the U.S. Open yesterday? Either one of you, by the way. Anybody watch U.S. Open? I caught some of it. I was pulling for Ricky Fowler, but that yeah, was I kind of was too yeah. when it when it started. But uh... yeah, I think there was no no disrespect to Wyndham Clark who won the thing because I, I I mean he played outstanding golf the whole week, but it was it was such a deflating. <laughs> we were trying to watch it last night. You know, we were eating dinner after playing, and I'm like. Rory or Ricky, come on. One of you guys got to do it. Ricky falls off the wagon. Rory can't hit the big shot. I think Rory's Rory's going to be like the best golfer to ever play the game that just didn't win enough majors, and Ricky's going to be the guy that just couldn't freaking win a major, and he should have won like five of them. The close to those cigar guys. It was just golly. It really uh, was. He just kind of fell off because it just, uh, I don't know. I was keeping yeah. up with it a little bit. My wife has this like she loves keeping up with the the majors. It's funny. Golf? Like, she doesn't watch any other golf but except for the majors and we'll come we'll dedicate, you know, hours of the weekend to watch it. <laughs> yeah. Well, like but then I was like I was the guy I, well, I pulled uh I pulled <laughs> I pulled this profile Phil. He was born in 1993. I was like, oh my like that's, it's hard to believe that we're okay. So he's thirty years old, 30. but it's twenty twenty three. I just have a difficult time looking at people born in the nineties and born in the two thousands who are winning national championships, winning majors, whatever it may be. I was like, oh, this kid's like eighteen years old. Oh wait, it's twenty twenty three. Yeah, no, he's not. Uh, he's thirty. But anyways, yeah, it was a pretty wild U.S. Open. I know people here only want to talk about football recruiting for the next eighteen years and. Complain about the weeds outside of Williams Bryce Stadium and stuff like that, but there are other things in the sports world that happen, like golf. Don't forget and, about the paint at uh, Founders. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody bitched about the paint at Founders Park. That's right, I forgot about that. Yeah, that was one of them too. But anyways, JC, if you didn't get a chance to watch it, check out some golf sometime. You'd really enjoy it. I gotta get back down home and get with Meredith and get my swing going, man. Yeah. Learn how to play because I'm terrible. Uh, but uh, when I was playing pretty regularly about 20 years ago, I, I enjoyed it. I mean, it was, uh, it's fun. And uh, I, I wish I'd have done the whole uh, beer per hole thing uh, or beer thing while I was playing. I didn't at the time because I, I was kind of busy and I just kind of got in 18 with my buddies whenever I could. Uh but nowadays, uh, I think I'd actually play better if I had a beer. Because <laughs> I relax. Because I'm so competitive and I, I, I like get tense and stuff. I, I just uh, so I, I think it'd be great to well, maybe try it again with, with, and with we, my good friend Miller Light. You know? Yeah, we, we had a guy uh, in our um, in our group yesterday too who like doesn't play. When we oh. were playing out on on. I mean, he does, but we were playing out on. Seabrook and you know you don't like you don't have to be able to play but you got to under have some type of etiquette and he like he doesn't know you know what I mean he just he doesn't he, 
the little things, you know, just kind of walking across you, you know, when you're oh. trying to line up for a putt and, you know, just, you know, stopping the cart right at his ball instead of pulling it up around so you don't have to walk back. There's just a lot of just etiquette things. And I have, of course, had to ride with him. He's a great friend. He's a, you know, I love him to death, but I'm, we're just laughing the whole time. I'm like, because you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> you have no idea what you're doing out here. He's using an orange golf ball so he can find it. <laughs> <laughs> and the rest of us, you know, we're like, okay, we got 146 in, you know, maybe I should go full eight here or maybe a really light seven. The wind's blowing in our face. He's like, well, what do you think I should hit? I'm like, I'm not telling you. <laughs> if you don't know enough about it, it's your own fault. Man, I, I, I was so bad. I, I, I'd buy a box of balls every time I played. I mean, well, you mentioned the guy, he's playing with an orange ball. You should have just walked I, around and scooped him out of the pond and just cleaned yeah, him. You're going to lose uh, him I'd, buy, I'd, I'd go through about half of them, you know, during, during the thing. And uh, I had uh, I had this old, I called it the bear, this old wooden Jack Nicholas driver that uh, my ex-wife's grandfather gave to me. Uh, and I tell you, when I got a hold of it with that thing, it was sweet. Uh, and I would also use it uh, – on the fairway a little bit as a, uh, you know, as a, as a, as another driver to get, get it down toward the hole, you know? Uh, and then once I, I was pretty good at chipping around the green and then I could putt. Okay. But, uh, I was always an adventure with me and my friends. We, uh, they weren't any good either. My, my one buddy, we're at Fripp, right? I'm about to play the Fripp course, uh, down there. You, you played that course before Jamie at Fripp yeah. Island yeah. and not the ocean course, the other one. And so we're sitting there God. We're sitting there on the driving range, you know, warming up. And all of a sudden I see a club fly through the air end over end down the, uh, down the driving range. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it was my buddy. And he was like, they were like, my other friend let him, he's like, did that just happen? He's like, yeah, hold on. You know? Uh, and then one time we we're at Fred and my other friend, like hit a ball off the tee and it, <laughs> it hit the damn railroad tie. Like it was a worm burner, right? And this this dude's like this Ke- my friend Kevin. He's like six five. Kevin Cleary. He's like six five, two seventy. A big old dude, right? So he got a hold of it. It was a worm burner, and he hits the daggum tie, rubber tie, <laughs> and it bounces back across the street and flies through a window of a house and broke the damn window. <laughs> but, but, but we were the we were the kings of playing through. You know, uh, you guys just play through. Y'all just play oh, through. Yeah. Go ahead. Y'all just, oh, you're that guy. The kings of letting people play through because we knew we knew where they good. But we would keep score, like Steve Spurrier. Like, uh-uh, no, that's a that's a penalty. So we're out there shooting like one seventy five. And he counted up as 173, 176, 177. So very competitive golf matches uh, that took four hours. But uh, anyway, that's my golf story. Well, I mean, you know, that's that's rookie golf, and it, it, it is what it is. Yo, I think golf is kind of like good. bowling in that, you know, there's a sweet spot, right, from number of beers in to how well you're playing. Like there's some of yeah. those sports. There is a sweet spot. Like you got to You got to find a. There's a, there is a sweet spot. If you're gonna have one on the course, you better have a few. Uh, don't just have. Yeah, you get stuck in the middle. It's over. So you know, don't don't you don't do commit that. One way or the other. Don't don't do that. Yeah, don't do that. By the way, this guys, the, the stuff you're hearing, Billy Amick to 
Texas A&M. That is, that's not true. Uh, so just disregard anything that you hear on that for now. Um, he's There's a lot of suitors, but uh, Carolina's in it. And Kingston and Monty are up there today to see him in the Cape as well. So disregard all that stuff. All right, um, let's let's uh, go ahead and take our final timeout. Still waiting on John. I know he's going to try to get in here uh, any moment. So everybody hang tight. Inside the Gamecocks, the show powered by Electric Bikes of Charleston, electricbikescharleston.com. Make sure you find them there. We'll be right back. with Union Home Mortgage is a local mortgage expert and Gamecocks fan servicing North and South Carolina. Whether you're buying a home, building your dream home with new construction, or turning your equity into cash, UHM's world-class service will ensure you find the perfect mortgage to achieve your home ownership goals. Call Kevin at 803-906-0244 or visit UHM.com today. Union Home Mortgage is an equal housing lender. NMLS 2229 L-O-N-M-L-S-1772-182. Welcome home. That's what the Gamecocks say. And so does the Barn Doe Company, where they can build your dream home starting as low as $160 per square foot. If you live in the Carolinas, Georgia, or Tennessee, their turnkey process takes just four to six months on average and can be custom designed by size and details. Make your dream a reality. At thebarndominiumco.com. That's thebarndominiumco.com. The Barn Doe Company. Gamecock owned and operated. What's up, Gamecock fans? This is Ethan Petrie from Land Lakes, Florida, and you are listening to the show with JB, JC, and Phil. Go Cox. Two is sent to center, and this one is going to be long gone. Shot the opposite field from Casas, and it's gone. 2-0. deep to left. Langford looks up, and it's gone. Fifteen minutes to go, Phil. You can get us there, right? Take us home. Yeah, we get. Yeah, you know what do you want to okay. talk about? We talk about just absolutely wanna, anything. Yeah, just I just want to go make sure. around everybody's weekend, how they were doing. You know, yeah. Check in on family. I actually got to see my dad this weekend, or I did not get to see my dad this weekend, although he was at my house, which is interesting because we were able, we were like passing ships in the night. <laughs> Ships passing in the night. <laughs> yes, I like it. It's just kind of crazy the way it worked out. He's like, I'm coming to Greenville. I'll be there this and this time. I was like, you just missed me. <laughs> well, let me ask you a question. Did you and dad have a jello shot this weekend? No, I was thinking about that. Okay. You know, I was going to put something up on the uh, <laughs> on Twitter here with these numbers. Yeah, it's just outrageous. Because it's like, 
I mean, if South Carolina makes it to Omaha and I'm there, I'm I'm not a Jello shot guy, but I'll be damned if I'll you know let us be looking like Virginia here. Yeah, you can't. <laughs> yeah, I mean, or Virginia at five sixty six, Stanford at six fifty one. That about sums up their fan bases. Just think about it for a second. And then you got the Bayou Bengals, who through one weekend. <laughs> One weekend have twelve thousand three hundred and twenty-five jello shots down the throats of tiger fans. To compare it, the winners last year, Ole Miss, eighteen thousand seven hundred and seventy-seven. They are two-thirds of the way there through three days of the tournament. Jeez. Three days of the tournament. Unbelievable. So the old Miss had the, I'm not surprised. The, record, the, right? the surprising one's Wake Forest. I mean, yeah, yeah. small but mighty fan base there. I mean, and you got to understand, man, Wake. I think Tennessee's surprising. They, athletically, they don't get moments like this a whole lot. I mean, when's the last time Dave Odom ended up going to the Elite Eight that one year with Tim Duncan and getting waxed by Kentucky by 35? Yeah. Yeah. That's the last. I mean, so – Whereas they may not have a whole lot of fans, most Wake Forest fans are probably in Omaha, right? So it's probably yes. a good-sized crowd. Well, I'm, I'm surprised that Tennessee's only sucked down 1,476. I mean, think about how easy it is for Tennessee fans to put to take a jello shot. They don't have any teeth to go through. They just, just throw them right back. Just, just knock it back. <laughs> just, I'm just kidding. But Although last Virginia year, living up to uh, to their billing is, I mean, a true wine and cheese crowd up there. Yeah, Lord. Lord. yeah. yeah. I wish North Carolina had made it because North Carolina would probably be behind them. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so, someone, <laughs> although the Tar Heels, someone check the local wine bar for, unless it's basketball, like the Final Four. You know, I, I was yeah. at the Final Four. North Carolina shows up for that. I mean, that's their that's their jam, so to speak. But uh, well, they yeah, Virginia. They're about to blow through the whole thing. They, I mean, this is the most one of the more brilliant marketing campaigns I've ever seen in my life. They, Imagine they, the they, money they're making. They're killing it. They've sold the, thirty-one thousand two hundred fifteen shots last year. JC, they've already sold twenty-seven thousand three hundred and sixty-seven this year. I, I mean, yeah. I mean, imagine how much Jello they had to buy. Oh yeah. One thirty six, eight thirty five, thirty one, two one five times four point two hundred boxes. So they're 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 only missing their profit. Well, that's not true. I don't know what their profit would be. I don't know what their expenses expenses are, but they're um, they've made one hundred thirty six thousand eight hundred and thirty five dollars this year. And last year they made one hundred forty thousand four sixty seven just on Jello shots. So they're four grand shy of their overall total last year. That's insane, dude. That's just one weekend, too. Jeez. I mean, that is unbelievable. I yeah. So like, you know what they're hoping for moving forward? They like next year and every year after that they want Arkansas, they want LSU. They want, uh, I don't know about Wake, but. Well, the Gamecocks, man. The Gamecocks hadn't been in a while, so they probably, Carolina would probably be a pretty good crowd out there. I think Carolina would do well in the shot challenge. Let's see. Who else did well? Ole Miss, obviously. Ole Miss, Arkansas, LSU. 
Jan, Kevin, and Bill alone. I know those guys. They're but, big baseball guys. They travel. All they right, put a pretty big dent in it. I think. Let's let's bring some con. Let's bring some context to this compared to last year. So last year, Stanford by the end of the by the end of the tournament last year. This is how much of a this was a nightmare for everybody except for Ole Miss and Arkansas. Ole Miss had I, y'all know that eighteen thousand seven hundred seventy seven. Uh, Arkansas eighty six seventy two. The rest of these numbers are not impressive. I mean, A and M had thirteen twenty seven, but guys, Texas was there last year and they only sold three hundred and nineteen. Stanford <laughs> sold two thirty one. Texas beat Stanford by eighty Jello shots. That's pathetic. Auburn only sold four thirty. Notre Notre Dame fans took down six sixteen. Oklahoma eight forty three. So you take you take those numbers and you fast forward it to what I just read. These are great numbers. Hats off to Wake Forest and Florida and Tennessee for all being in the thousands. The TCU's at three thousand. It is. Well, I mean, yeah, look, so the last time I checked, it was like Florida was behind both the Christian schools. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> TC yeah, as are. well as uh, yeah, as well or, as Oral Roberts. Oral Roberts, yeah, Oral, yeah. Wake Wake is a bad Southern Baptist. It's like Furman. And yeah, they originally started as a Southern Baptist. Originally Southern affiliated yeah. with yeah. the church. LSU. Uh, that's why they're the Deacons. Demon Deacons. Twelve thousand in three days. That's just crazy. That's crazy. I mean, <laughs> look. There's partying in the South, and then there's Louisiana. And they're right. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's a that's a little bit different down there. You know, it's it's a very unique uh, part of uh, the South, dude. That is I mean, unbelievable. But you know, you know, though, Jamie, they probably have more fans there than anybody else. You know, of course, because they, I mean, they go even when they're not in the tournament. I mean, it's just. That's Dude. just the way we do it in Louisiana. We like to go to Omaha, Nebraska in the middle of June, every single middle of June. Go well, Tigers I mean, in the summer. Let me say this a little bit differently because they did start this before um, the first pitch was thrown. You know, it starts, you know, it just starts basically when you get there. So LSU on uh, the 16th. Uh, on the 16th, they had, oops, sorry, 659. So in the last three, <laughs> in the last three days, yeah. They, well, okay, but numbers based, we work out. They, twelve thousand. They've they've sold almost twelve thousand since uh, since Saturday. <laughs> Jesus. Quadrell asks, who's the creepier mascot, <laughs> the Demon Deacon or Purdue Pete? Uh, Purdue, Purdue Pete. Purdue Pete. Purdue Pete. Ha- however. And I, 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 sent, I sent this text to Phil and Jamie a while back during the Murdaugh trial. I'll just go ahead and say it. Oh, the Demon Deacon! If you line him up beside Alec Murdaugh's mugshot when Murdaugh had hair, yeah, that's right. They look alike. Like he looks like a cartoon version of Alec Murdaugh. <laughs> that's true. And so, it's a good thing he's not. Real I don't guy. know if that maybe changes things, but uh, I, get- I don't <laughs> than Purdue Pete. Though. I mean, I just that, that dude. He's he's like a throwback chiseled. I don't know. I don't even know, man. I don't. I don't even know how to describe Purdue Pete. What's the worst mask? Well, I mean, like 
not to pick on not not that people are going to care about this at least our audience but I mean, like, the Clemson Tiger is a creepy-looking man. Like, his eyes freak me out every time I look he's at him. Tweaking. He's a tweaker. He is. <laughs> like, he's what a is... copy of a copy of a copy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dude, it's really bad. Like, they did not do a good job with that. But I'm trying to think no. of, like, what is the worst mascot I've seen? I don't know. They have it up. I'll tell you, the worst GameCop mascot was was Big Spur. Okay? Not oh, Sir man. Big Spur. No, no. Big yeah. Spur back in the day. It was this eight-foot pole with a rooster head on top of it. It's like yeah. big, tall, and gangly. That was terrifying. I wonder if I have a picture. But I think the worst mascot probably a is... kangaroo on meth. <laughs> Harrison said the Clemson Tiger looks like a kangaroo on meth. I hadn't thought about that. That's pretty good. I went to the... When I was a kid, I went to the Furman VMI football game one year, and VMI's mascot is a kangaroo. And it was funny because it's, you know, VMI's... All, all-male school at the time. Furman kicked their teeth in, but a guy sitting behind me, I'll never forget, he says, what if you're like that mascot guy's father? You know, you're up in the stands. Like, There's my boy there in the kangaroo outfit. Yeah. <laughs> but, and that may be, VMI could be up there, you know. Uh, like Virginia Tech is one of those that you don't really know what it is. The Hokie Bird is like similar to cocky. So I like Hokie Bird okay. The Virginia Cavalier, that's a little weird, right? Yeah. I'm trying to think. I like man, I like Tostito, the well, turtle. Have y'all ever um, seen when like they do the family of the Stanford tree, like the whole all four of them out there, and they put no, the mouths yeah. on the tree and stuff? <laughs> that's that's like that would scare my kids. You know what I mean? Like that's one of those like you're watching. You're an adult watching cartoons like on drugs type situations. <laughs> <That's kind of laughs> you know what I mean? Like some sort of, you know, yeah. LSD I actually, induced, you know. <laughs> like I've actually never seen some of these. Have you ever seen have you ever seen Wushok, the the wheat stalk at Wichita State? Oh, oh my gosh. I mean just some the concept of that might be the worst I've ever heard. Now this one is cool. Uh Dartmouth Keggy the Keg. Have you ever seen Keggy the Keg at Dartmouth? It's a keg. A guy walks around dressed as a keg. That might, yeah. <laughs> keg in the keg, wheat stock. Uh, Western Kentucky. These mascots are really nuts. <laughs> big, big red at Western Kentucky. That's a bad one. That looks like Elmo, like a fat Elmo. You know, I like that one. You do? <laughs> yeah, I like that one. Yeah, it just looks like, you know, it's because like, it's big, round, red, huge, gigantic mouth, you know, I'm like, yeah. Uh- <laughs> I don't need to. I don't know. Well, I haven't heard from Whittle. I hope he's okay. Yeah, I haven't heard anything, seen anything either. I was checking my email here. He's not, he has not responded either way. Yeah. Maybe he's uh, just busy. A lot of news today. Push him off till tomorrow. Yeah, that's okay. Well, we pretty much addressed everything earlier, anyways. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the blue blob at Xavier, that's bad too. I need to do more research on, on this. Uh, this is bad. By the way, did y'all see Mississippi State's schedule reveal? Where they had the like the, 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 yes, the computer-generated mascot? <laughs> yeah. And they got to Tennessee, and it was like a weird, distorted version of Otto the Orange, the Syracuse mascot, but it was nude. It didn't have any clothes on. Like, Otto, <laughs> he has pants and a little hat. 
This is just a butt naked orange with a weird face. <laughs> and it's like, wow. It was terrifying. And you, and you zero in on it. It's really scary. It's a it's a daggum frightening situation. So, I thought I thought, right. by the way, I thought Luke Day did a nice job on Carolinas, especially when Apparently the the thing with the A and M part where he's like, "What does that even stand for?" What does like, that? He, <laughs> Agricultural and mechanical. Real. Yeah, he did <laughs> that was funny. Texas, Texas, Texas. A and M. What does that even stand for? It's the it's just stands for yeehaw, son. And you'll like your yeehaw. You'll take your yeehaw and like it. Yeah. Woohoo! Yeehaw! Yep. Okay. <laughs> oh, Aggies! Get them. I'm with 76. I'm not a big clown guy either, man. I I don't uh, I don't care for clowns. My fiance hates clowns. Yeah, I don't like, like them. It's terrifying. Like even I have a picture I took with Ronald McDonald at the USC uh, U.S. Army All American game one year. Just to sign a picture with Ronald McDonald, right? I'm not allowed to put it up at the house. Really? So even Ronald McDonald to her is terrifying. Yeah, I can understand that. Best clown ever was in old school. Bozo. Homie. Remember Homie the Clown? Yeah. (laughs) Homie don't play that. Homie don't play that. Didn't we lock you in a dumpster? I got out. Oh, okay. Okay. That's Oscar. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, Living a trash can. Oh, yeah. Jeez. I live in a trash can. Nobody's helping me. One time, I got out. I live in a trash can. Ain't nobody helping me. Ain't nobody helping me. Uh, <laughs> anyway. Nuts. All right. We are out of here. Nasty weather is moving through the area, so wherever you are, be careful. No, Whittle just got here. Did he? That's all right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we'll try to get John back in uh, here in the next day or two and uh, get his thoughts on the changes. Of course, we addressed a lot of this earlier. If you missed it, go back and check it out. Gamecock baseball set to have a new pitching coach, and it's a good one. Matt Williams is absolutely, absolutely sensational. He will be wonderful for recruiting, coaching, and everything in between in the Gamecock program. For JC and Phil, have a marvelous Monday. We'll see you tomorrow. Hale will be here tomorrow on recruiting. Sedarius Hutcherson on Wednesday. Pat DeMarco on Thursday. And more surprises on Friday. Until then, have a great day. Inside the Gamecocks of the show from the Sinorama Studios. We'll be back tomorrow at 11.